A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. As always, we'll be addressing some audience questions and tackling a few issues from the internet. But first, time for the daily stand-up, Derek. What do you have for me this time, Franklin? Well, interestingly enough, this is an experience that we shared-ish. So the other day, we both had an opportunity to take in a show at the Theotal. Uh-huh. Yes. And, it and not, very posh. <laughs> not just any theater, but the historic Alabama theater. Correct. And... Here's my problem with historic theaters, Derek. Uh-huh. Yes. I am, as one knows, a gentleman of stature. This is very true. And apparently oh everybody God. was like a 42 <laughs> fucking short. Oh. Whenever this goddamn theater was built, I want to say the 20s. It was, it's it was, been a while. Yeah, it was the high it was the heyday of the um silent film because when it was built it was built as a film theater but it also included a wurlitzer organ okay to, to I, I don't have, really know yeah i don't know what a wurlitzer organ is organ is but i'm assuming it's it's a nice. it's a really big fancy inbuilt mechanical uh organ okay that was uh so they would have someone come in and that person would play accompaniment Alongside the silent film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't just a bunch of people sitting silently watching something silent. Right. <laughs> every now and every now and then somebody just like play a lick, like kind of like you're at a at a church. It's like Yeah. <laughs> it's like Romeo, Romeo, where for art thou Romeo? <laughs> they should have picked a better organist because they, the person they picked they only know that one song yeah and it's the same I mean, guy that plays the organ at the at the baseball so right. but don't, i mean don't get me wrong like like baseball was still kind of like I, I guess it was maybe a little bit new i don't really know the history of baseball but there probably was some some overlap uh in when somebody was playing that organ at the theater and when baseball was hot and everyone was like, ooh, that's my jam. Ooh, the baseball, play the baseball song again. Woo. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that Boyd had a couple of gigs lined up. He, <laughs> he had his Sunday gig, his Wednesday night gig. And then he also had the, the theater and, and baseball. And, and it, was, it was a good time if one was an organist. Sure. <laughs> but. Yeah, the the seats were small, and when I bought my tickets for the show, I did so with the intent of getting the edge seat. Uh-huh. And I failed. <laughs> you failed. You failed bad. Like I, Well, the it's it's even worse. I I failed by two seats. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so victory was was within arm's reach. Oh, I mean, yes. quite quite literally for you since you have, you know, a ten foot wingspan. Yeah, I got a uh, bit of a wingspan on me. Yeah, so you could you could almost touch the the seats that you wanted to be in, but uh, but you were not there. Your oh, I mean, was... I I touched the seats <laughs> I wanted to be in. The aforementioned very very small seats, and and I like so I try to get the edge seat because for for all that I am a monster, I'm not that big of a monster. I would like everyone to be comfortable at the theater. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I'm like, I can sit on the edge, and then the only person that's got to be uncomfortable is me, and everyone else will, you know, 
will be fine. That's that's okay. And then, you know, it's less likely that people can't see over me, less sure. likely that there is overflow. <laughs> and and so we come and there's there's two folks um that, you know, they're they're sitting in those two seats. And I thought that I was being, you know, a nice person. And I was like, hey, uh, just to save anybody some uncomfortableness or anything, if, if you folks would like to switch, we can definitely do that. And then I'll sit on the edge. Well, you know, to where I am a, a, a tall person, uh -huh. uh, these two individuals who seem to be together were, were not um, large large people at all they were right. they were small people and so their concern was as as one of them the one that was sitting at the very edge voiced to me was that they were concerned they would be unable to see over anyone in front of them if someone tall sat down and so they wanted to keep the edge seat to which i said oh well okay i mean that's your prerogative <laughs> You you don't have to trade seats with me. I was in fact, you know, trying to be cool to you. Because uh, right. here's the thing: the way <laughs> physics works, I'm going to take up the same amount of space regardless of where the fuck I sit. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I I'm not the TARDIS. I can't just be like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, in that case, I'll just shrink down. Yeah, to, I'll to just, my compact size. Yeah, let me give me just a moment, and I will become compact, Frank. No, it's <laughs> like <laughs> so. You know, I tried my best, but uh, the the poor deer that was sitting next to me was, <laughs> I I believe, I mean, we shared a seat. It just <laughs> was their seat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, you are, you are very tall. You are, you know, of, of the wider nature. Um, I'm, I'm not as tall, you know, not, not quite as wide. Um, just, just based on like, we, we are proportionally the same, but, uh, you just, you know, you're just kind of some, somebody did the pinch to zoom out. I was going to say they selected all and then did 120%. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you are the 120% zoom version of me. Um, so, you know, Jessica and I were both at, at the same show and, you know, we had a very similar experience. You know, I, I am not, I am not going to talk to anybody. We, we were, we were two seats in. So <laughs> Derek's there, like, I'm not speaking to people. Like, you know, essentially it was the, the, the outer, excuse me, so there was the, the aisle seat, one seat, and then our two seats. And so like we, we tried one, <laughs> we tried one arrangement where, you know, I was in the third seat, she was in the fourth seat. Um, and the person that sat beside us was a, of similar stature to me and ah. the, the, the overflow meets overflow only one person can have overflow and there still be room not to touch. And, you know, I wasn't about to ask like, Hey, you know, can we, can, can we rearrange this somehow to where like, you know, one of us are on the outside to where we're not like completely like we, we started to meld halfway through the show. We were yeah. going to, we were going to meld into a single being. And so then, uh, like we sat through the first part of the show I went to, to go get up to and go to the restroom, came back and you know, Jessica had like switched seats with me. So the, the person on the other side, uh, was much smaller and did not take up nearly as much room. Um, and definitely seemed amenable to sharing some of their, the space that they weren't using. It was a much, much more pleasant experience overall. And, and not just, not just like the, the physical size and like being in other people's spaces, like sitting there for, I mean, the better part of four hours. Oh it yeah, was, yeah. My my whole like situation started to become <laughs> just disturbed, just in general. Like, you know, like the you know, I was a little bit too wide for these seats because, like you said, like people people were not our proportions when it was built like ninety years ago. Oh, yeah, like, no, I'm. <laughs> they they built these things 
as like the lazy boys of the time with like extra space, it ain't so anymore. It was also the age of pellagra, so you know, sustenance wasn't necessarily the <laughs> top form. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, nobody in that air in that era gave the seats quite as much of a run for the money as we did. The seating arrangements, I'm fairly certain. Um, you know, in uncomfortable situations like that, I will sometimes be like, hello, new friend. Um, <laughs> but I think the person stuck <laughs> next to me was was not necessarily amenable to making, you know, new and uh, strangely intimate friendships. Um, and, and, and something has to be said, like, you know, not to give out too much information, but like, the people that were at this show are are very much like us. Like in a lot of respects, like some of them have like some of the social anxiety that I have. Some of them have of like the the misanthropy that you have, and the whole combination is just not a very overall like chummy crowd. Oh as yeah, it were. No, we we weren't all just bestest friends or anything like no. that. It was it was a whole bunch of people who were very excited to not be near anyone else. Absolutely. And it was like, it was like, you know, five or 600 microcosms of like one to three people that, you know, talked amongst amongst themselves, but to nobody else. And, you know, nobody was there to socialize with each other. And it was so painfully obvious. And that's what made this whole situation even worse, because there's no amount of like compromise that you can work out with people that literally don't want to talk to you. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Nothing. Like, they were ve- being very studious to pay absolutely no attention to me, <laughs> and that is difficult to do. Like, I was, I was gonna try and be as cool as I could about it, but they were like visibly not upset with me. It, it very much felt like they were radiating some amount of irritation. With their partner who had been the lead person to say, no, I would like to maintain my edge seat and, and oh, thus boy. condemned. So that's, I, I'm pretty sure there was an argument later that evening because someone had condemned someone else. <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, the, the whole idea of like pigs and chickens whenever you're making a breakfast. Yeah. The person on the edge was a chicken and the chicken made the decision. They were involved, (laughs) but the pigs committed. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And uh, that that, that little piggy was not so happy to be. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, have you ever seen those videos of, like, like the amoeba? They, like, start to, like, consume another single-cell organism? I'm I'm (laughs) pretty pretty sure if if y'all two had been left side-by-side long enough, that might have been a more modern... Rendition. The amount of irritation radiating off this person, though, was was significant enough. I think that we would never have actually been able to to meld. Um, <laughs> I have a sunburn along that side <laughs> at this point. Oh, that is some powerful, powerful irritation. But uh, and the thing is, I really enjoyed being there. It was an interesting crowd of people, as you said. It was not the cra- kind of crowd of people that are going to be talking to strangers much. Right. These are fairly insular people, but they were, they were a very colorful and not as one would find in our area type of type of group. So I was enthused to be there uh, right up until I had to use the restroom, which was also built oh. in apparently 1873. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> Oh my god! I forgot. I forgot about the bathroom. Oh my god! I, I'm an I'm an individual that desires some amount of privacy. Privacy. <laughs> and nay, nay, no, no, no. <laughs> I got there and I had a decision to make, and luckily I I had moved with some amount of alacrity uh-huh. uh, towards the restroom during intermission because I was like. Mm, Maybe the big gulp and three or four drinks <laughs> prior to one of the best Not idea. Not so good, a good idea. Yeah. And, and I realized I got there and it was already like a short line. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh, shit. I was, I was late to the show. You know, I'm late uh-huh. to this particular party. But then I was there for like 38 seconds and I turned around behind me 
and suddenly there's like a line that's going out and around and up the stairs and, and i'm up. like oh yeah oh i've i made a good choice <laughs> just in time <laughs> everybody else decided to dawdle around talking to their friend the one they've got <laughs> But I was oh, like, nay, oh. I don't like any of you bastards enough to talk. I'm <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that bathroom was something else, man. You're just kind of like, well, again, I guess I'm going to get real intimate with someone I don't know. Well, let's let's paint the picture here. So essentially, it's it's a, a tiny bathroom by anyone's standards. Uh, it had about seven urinals. And they were very close together, and they were the kind that do not have a, a divider at all. You are very friendly and very oh, yeah. um, exposed to your neighbors. And uh, essentially, you know, the on the other side of the wall were some sinks, and you know they were probably only like four or five feet between <laughs> between the urinals and the sinks. Um, and there were three uh, closed stalls in the back. That you know you could see from the door, but you know essentially they were they were being used all the time. Um, oh yeah. So essentially, the, the I I am you know, sometimes I will kind of get in a mode of people watching, and to my great satisfaction, Derek, uh, not there. Not no 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 there, not Derek. like I'm not like peeping the peens like no. <laughs> Before getting up to the urinal, Frank. Oh my God. Um, no, but so, so when I was still outside of the bathroom, um, you can, you can see inside and I was watching the people behind me as they rounded the corner. You know, cause so as the line was moving, they rounded the corner oh. and <laughs> when people would look in the bathroom, see what the situation was, they would, I, their eyes would look to the urinals, look to the back, see that all the doors are closed and then they would get out of line. Yeah. And I, I promise you in in like the minute that it took me to go from where I could see, you know, see inside to when I was actually doing my own business, I saw no less than 30 people walk up, see the situation and get out of line. Like they had to make a very calculated decision as to how bad they had to go and how close they wanted to be to the other people in this line. And because we're not a friendly crowd. Yeah, no, I mean, no. I had that same calculation to make. And and if I had not made poor choices earlier in the evening, Derek, <laughs> I would have gazed upon the situation, as you, as you call it, and I'd have said, nah, it's all right. It's only going to be some sort of bladder damage. I'll be fine. <laughs> I don't really like these jeans anyway. Yeah, I, I completely respect and understand every single person who rounded the corner and witnessed the bathroom in all of its unglory and went, nah, I'm good. Absolutely. Want to get to a question from the audience? Let us do that. A very kind woman in the office I work at recently mistook me for another co-worker who looks similar to me, which she had never done before, and now, whenever she sees me, she thinks that I am him. I don't mean calling me by the wrong name, but actually thinking that we are the same person. I don't mind it all that much. The other guy is nice-looking and kind, so it's not a big deal, but the woman and I had an arrangement where she would email me, the real me, about leftover food after meeting so I could come get some. <laughs> but the emails are now going to my coworker. Do I have any way to set it right without causing offense? How do I set myself apart? How do I get my coveted first alert status back with this person? From Ambiguous in Albertsville. I think this is the most important question we have ever answered. Um... Because the, the I, great I chose honor. this one over the one that was, I think I have a cure for cancer. How best do I send it out to people? I, I decided, no, we needed to answer this one live Something, on air first. Some things are just more important. And I think, I think you chose correctly. Because the coveted spot of, of people that get emailed first when there are oh, yeah. leftover catered food. The first I mean, contact ambassador. Trying to think, of, what would what would a good title uh, for that be? First garbage person is is probably appropriate, but it doesn't have a good ring to it. 
but yeah, being on the short list of people that get notified uh, in that situation is is something that is very coveted because there's only so many spots. Like because if there are a few small plates of food left, you know, you're not going to have like everybody in the building be able to get something if oh, no. No, <laughs> if no, no, they no. charge the room. So the first five or six people that get emailed, those are the early birds that are that are going to get the worm. So this person wants to know how to both be See the problem is the other person's better looking. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they this becomes they were, a problem. They said that they were similar looking. Uh you know, what do they what do they say like somewhat attractive and kind? Somewhat attractive and kind. I don't, I don't like kind I guess is good. But this person wouldn't have said anything about the attractiveness of the other person. <laughs> If it wasn't <laughs> superior to their own. That that's a good point. <laughs> that, that does that does imply a little bit of um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh self consciousness about about their own attractiveness. Cause cause they're flattered. They're like, that's not me. Wait. Aw. She thinks I'm hotter than I am. I'm definitely a five. She thinks I'm a six and a half. That's cute. I like that. I feel better about myself today, except I didn't get free donuts, and now I feel bad about myself. Oh, um. Okay, so, so for the the case of mistaken identity, and and I'm I'm concerned about your ability to answer this question because I'm not sure anybody on the planet has ever quite resembled you. It, I mean, it is it is constantly surprising to me, Derek. But it actually happens to me all the time. Really, the only thing I can think of is that kind of like how human beings cannot conceptualize what one million or one billion dollars are. Really, honestly, uh-huh. like it just doesn't compute. Sure, I have to assume that at my size, people just lose track, and we all <laughs> just become large. Vague objects, because people are forever coming up to me and, and like starting conversations, and I'm like, "Hey, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm lost, man." And they're like, "You know, in you know, '75 when we were," and I'm like, "But I, I wasn't even born in 1975, much less <laughs> hanging out with you doing stuff." And they're like, "Oh, you look just like my friend Jack," and I'm like, "The fuck, I do." <laughs> I would have noticed Jack around town. I, uh... I mean, normally I would think that other like giants know where other giants are. I mean, you have some sort of like, uh, whenever you are born, uh, you get, they measure you, your growth potential, and they realize, oh crap, this guy's going to be a giant. And you know, you all get, <laughs> get tagged with, uh, with some sort of tracking chip. And then yeah. at, at the age 18, uh, you all get these uh, sensors that can find each other, so that you can get you, know, you can gather for you know like uh, board game meetups or. Well, um, it's important that we don't gather, Derek. the The reason that we have those trackers actually is so that we are equally positioned across the globe. Right. Exactly. Because if we all got in one spot, then we would tilt the axis. Okay. The spin that, would be off. So. I think you're right. I think I was, I was confused. I thought it might have been so that you wouldn't be so lonely out there being the only giant. But I think you are exactly right that uh, these are used to make sure that you don't. There aren't more than a couple of you congregating in any one place on the uh, the Earth's mantle. We don't want to put a little English on it, Derek. (laughs) There's there is just the right amount of English on the Earth right now. Not like English people, but them too. Them too. <laughs> uh, to all of our our wonderful listeners from the UK, I'm sorry. There there can never be enough English on on the earth. I think what's happened here is that like this person is being mistaken for someone who's definitely more attractive than they are. Uh-huh. But as with all things in the world, now 
additional good things are going to the more attractive person. That that attractive person has effectively usurped their slightly less attractive doppelganger. Okay. So, so I mean, are you saying that that the the right of first notification is just the first in a long line of things that are going to be taken from this lesser attractive person? As long as as both he and his doppelganger exist, you know, sort of close together as they are, people are just going to naturally be like, yeah, I'm going to give it to more attractive John. I mean, that sounds like a pretty terrible place to be, unless you are, unless you are the doppelganger, in which case, you know, you are going to be getting lots of stuff for for free or just uh, extra blessings will be heaped upon you. So what can... Uh, it's a well, horrible way up... to live, Derek. It's, I feel that way about uh, the big show. <laughs> wait, wait. The big show is in the the wrestler the big show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, now that is somebody I haven't thought about in a while. Yeah, he keeps getting, you know, everything... Uh, I show so, up and so, they're like, you're the fat big show. And I'm like, <laughs> one, that's hurtful. Hurtful. <laughs> Two, has this son of a bitch been here again? Always. <laughs> Five minutes before me. Curse you, big show. <laughs> it's like, man, why does he always want to go to Trader Joe's on the day that I want to go to Trader Joe's? <laughs> oh, they're okay. all out of the good chocolate now. So what can this lesser attractive uh, doppelganger do to to get some of his his life back? How how can they reclaim what they have lost? They're going to have to be more attractive. My my thought is that that may not have occurred to them. So do you think that they they have to be uh, they have to just meet the attractiveness of the the doppelganger or do you think they actually do have to exceed the attractiveness of the doppelganger in order to make stuff start flowing in the opposite direction yeah i think to usurp their stuff back which perhaps is just to serp i'm not sure i'd have to look that particular <laughs> that particular one up but i think to get stuff back they're going to have to be like at least 3 to 5% more attractive than their doppelganger hmm. so that their doppelganger then writes in and is like this person at work thinks that I'm this other guy and it's okay. Cause he's pretty good looking and kind. <laughs> um, so what you're saying is that by encouraging the, the lesser attractive person to become more attractive, that to some extent we are generating a never ending loop or relatively never ending loop of uh, questions. But the important thing is that they've got to be kind, Derek, while they're doing it, because unkindness is unattractive. I, I, I agree with that. And, and, you know, honestly, I get the, I get the point as to why they were, they put in there, like, that person is, you know, somewhat attractive and kind. Because, like, if I was being mistaken for somebody who was, like, a total douche, I, I would be offended because I try really hard to not be a douche. Like, that happened the one time, Derek. And I put my glasses back on and it was fine. Uh, <laughs> all right. You want to get to an issue from the internet, Derek? Yep. I think we've done all we can for this person. All right. The title for this issue from the internet is Consequences for Leaving, for leaving an Easter Egg in Code by Zundi. I'm a software developer at a small company with no government or military customers, and just out of fun, just for fun, uh, left an Easter egg in the code. The only way for a final customer to see it is if they press the same button 25 times, which is unlikely to happen. The Easter egg itself just contains a small photo of myself and a variant of all your base are belong to us. If discovered, what are the likely consequences? either while I'm employed or after. B. <laughs> what? 
Well, it was either while I'm employed or after, and the consequences are it will be after. <laughs> was it because it was phrased weird? They'll get fired, Derek. <laughs> of course they're going to get fired. Um, because I here's mean, the thing. I think they feel like, cause, and, and software developers do this, they think this is deeply hidden in the system. No one is ever going to be so weird as to press the same key 25 times in a row. Yeah, they are. In about the first five minutes after that software launches, three people are going to discover the Easter egg because end users are weird as hell. Absolutely. I mean, even if it's just like hitting like the space key a bunch, like there are going to be people that are going to find whatever weird execution path that you think they would never find. And th that's why I think that that just across the board, like so th this is a fairly innocuous Easter egg like this is just a, a photo. I am assuming a non like scandalous photo like no. It's probably not like this person's boudoir photo. Um, I mean, if they put all your base or belong to us, I have to assume that they're not the kind of person who's going to be risque enough to be like, and, you know, here's my Calvin <laughs> Klein shot as I'm reclining on the divan. Right, right. <laughs> um, I, I think you're right. So I think we can safely say that this was just a, a regular photo. Um, I mean... Maybe just the, the the fact that it is a some sort of bridge troll developer is is somewhat offensive in and of itself. But uh, so if so fairly innocuous Easter egg. This is not so bad. Like this is not good, but this is not so bad. Um, this is probably the the most innocent of Easter eggs that you could do. I I don't know. I but have it has never... to be an audience that enjoys Easter eggs. That like you can do that with video games because video game people like to find all the hidden stuff in their software right but if it's if it's b2b software if like this is for some sort of corporate consumer of some sort they say not government or whatever so you know it's not like someone goes to push the button to launch the <laughs> missiles and then it's john mcdouche nozzle's face like hey everybody all your base are belong to us he 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 it's like no we missed the window. I'm sorry, Mr. President. <laughs> on the uh, on the defibrillators, they accidentally press the same button three times, and all of a sudden, a face pops up. It's like, ah, ah, ah. Not so good. But at the same time, I, d I don't think that, that, you know, corporate end users aren't the kind of people who want to find an Easter egg, regardless of how innocuous that Easter egg is. I, I think you're exactly right. I think that has a decent amount to do with it. Like, like you said, video games, you know, knock yourself out. Like, you're probably not going to find an Easter egg that people are going to be like super unhappy with. Um, I mean, all the ones from like the old games, like Doom and stuff like that. Like finding those, I mean, finding them by accident was really something special. Like, the, the if you didn't know it was there and you stumbled upon it, like you you feel like you are, um, I don't know, like you're you're an archaeologist, like like you are. You are a super sleuth that found this thing that uh, you didn't know that you were looking for. I mean, not all the Easter eggs are great. That one where you wait 20 years and then they release a new Duke Nukem. That was a really terrible, terrible <laughs> Easter egg. <laughs> that that was a terrible, terrible Easter egg. Um, but yeah, like, you know, maybe, maybe in Excel, like you could probably do like a, a, a somewhat mild, uh, entertaining one. Uh, because the thing is like there, I, I, I'm going to push back a little bit on the idea that, that like a business software, you don't want it to be in there because there are some business softwares that, that the users are so, they're so distraught for having to use as a majority of their life that any amount of brevity or of, uh, of levity or, <laughs> or happiness or humor is is a welcome change. I don't know, Derek. I, I'm thinking like if I've had that kind of day, really what this person has then done is made themselves a focus for all my impotent rage. 
all my lack of control then becomes I can do something about <laughs> this. This one thing. <laughs> I can ruin this guy. Oh, that's that's a decent point. He will be a figment or a focus of all of that rage. He will mm. be thrown to the wolves. So I, I think this person is afraid of consequences from their employer, but I think you're exactly right. They should they should much much greater fear uh, the repercussions from the end user. My thought here, Derek, the way to fix this is all we've got to do is swap a single file. Okay. Take the picture of you and replace it with that asshole Greg in accounting. <laughs> So my my question is, do you, you know, let's say that you work on the software for a couple of years and, you know, you deploy it to, you know, a hundred different customers. Do you put the, do you put the same person in, in all versions of it? Uh, or do you kind of spread the, spread the hatred around? Like what, what, what would you do? I mean, if it were me, I would do this only one time, deep level, very early in the development cycle. You know, when it's a proof of concept, but then it's getting deployed to the consumer. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you always do. <laughs> because that's the only time in which code control is so fucking sloppy that they will never be able to tell who was logged in as admin when it got mm. deployed that time. Okay. Later on, later on, they'll be able to track, like, you know, whose branch it was that got merged, that had this in it, and the date time stamp, and, and you'll, get, you'll get pinched for sure. This has got to be early on in the development life cycle of the product. That, that is a really good point, uh, because you don't want this coming back on you. Uh, you you've already removed yourself from the photo, or you, you don't have a photo of yourself, so, you know, that's, it's going to be hard to... Hard to pin it on you unless they can trace it back to your your code commits, or you could just get lucky and you know your your organization doesn't do you know, source control or um, any automation or or anything that would that would you know give you sanity as a developer, but tie you back to the crime. <laughs> you could you could get lucky. Oh, all right, you want to get to another question from the audience? Let's do it. Guys, I have a job that I really liked, but it's all going to shit. We had a great team that was fun to work with, and our manager was great. Over the last six months, though, my old manager left for another job, and the new one is a bear. She doesn't do anything outright wrong, but she's been slowly replacing everybody on the team for no obvious reason, and she's low-key hostile to me at every opportunity. What do I do? Tanking in Tennessee. So, uh, so the the part that jumps out to me, to be honest, is the fact that she's, you know, your your boss has been replaced, and now they are slowly but surely replacing everybody on your team. I'm a little concerned that we may have like a like a a pod people scenario. That was what I was thinking too, Derek. Yeah, I mean, it seems it seems obvious. I, I normally with pod people, you replace them with you know exact replicas of the person. Um, but maybe this is just a, an updated, le you know, maybe less easy to detect version. I don't know. You, you seem like you would be more up with the pod people technology of today. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say to the, the question asker, if they lead you toward any sort of large plant, <laughs> don't go with them. <laughs> if they try to get you to eat vegetables, say no. Yeah, if any of them offer you food, but then look at you, like, real intently waiting for you to eat it, don't. <laughs> oh, God. If any yeah. of them have a book that says to serve man. <laughs> yeah, th those are all pretty clear signs that, uh, that, that one of two things are happening. Either you are being... Uh, about to be pod peopled, which is to, to say to be uh, your your consciousness stolen from your body 
and your entire body replaced with a a plant person. Um, a legume or, of some sort, I'm sure. A legume, yes. Um, or uh, you are <laughs> your your coworkers are being consumed by the manager and their cronies that they've been bringing in, um, and you may be the last one left. Yeah, if the low-key hostile is that they mutter unbeliever every time they talk to you. <laughs> oh, so so less of a uh, a pod people or a cannibal, I guess not exclusively uncannibal, um, situation. You're talking a cult. Yeah, definitely a cult. Yeah, I can see hmm. that. Like, they're, they're slowly sacrificing everybody on the team to some sort of, you know... Dark God of Synergy. <laughs> I mean, really, the best move here is is just to, like, ask how to join the cult before you get sacrificed. That's that's the key to these things, really. Like, it's always best to jump on the bandwagon early and often. Sure, sometimes <laughs> you get embroiled in a weird cult, but this is how the iPhone started, really. I mean... <laughs> Um, not as much on the sacrificing and, and, and cannibalism as when they first started, but I mean, those first couple generations of I, of iPhones, they, they ran through a lot of people just sacrificing left and right, but they, they paved the way. Um, I mean, some of those were faults in the phone itself, Derek, like they can't necessarily <laughs> be blamed for opening rifts between time and space on like a gen one handset. Right. <laughs> I mean, who would have known that that putting a, a, a telephone receiver so close to an LCD screen would literally open, you know, a, a portal to the to the netherworld? But um, it it happened, and they they fixed it. I mean, <laughs> a couple of uh, iOS updates later, and they fixed it. But um, yeah, we we still don't know where those people are. They're they're lost. <laughs> maybe maybe they will return one day, but nobody's heard from them since. Yeah. So, so what can this person get uh, do to kind of sniff out uh, whether they are whether they're going to be recruited or sacrificed by this cult that is surely chewing its way through their their product their formerly productive team? If I am a child of the '80s, definitely they have to wait until after hours by hiding in a closet or something, and then okay. stealthily following the boss to the club meeting. That is surely being held in the sub-sub basement that you didn't know the building had. <laughs> and you have to sneak up and you have to you have to act like you're curious. Even after you see the boss change into the black robe, you have to be like, hmm, I wonder what's going on here. <laughs> there still aren't enough clues. I better watch I don't, some more. I don't know. When you hear the drums, no, it's fine. You gotta just keep going deeper. It could be a drum circle. Like, we can't jump to conclusions. <laughs> I mean, you know, drum circles have really fallen out of favor, so they may have to do them on, like, the sub-sub-basement just so that they don't get made fun of. Like, it's possible. When you hear the chants of Ia, Ia, Cthulhu, Fatagan, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just stop for one second. Can we just... I just want to bask in the fact that you pulled that out of nothing. Like, you, you had that shit... You had that cued in your dome uh, at a moment's notice. <laughs> I can't tell if that's just because you're you're a super nerd or because like you you've done deep research in in how to summon the Cthulian monsters. I can't tell. I I lead several communities of practice. <laughs> Only one of those COP is for Scrum Master, though. The rest are, are some form of serving or summoning or um, lean coffee know. for Cthulhu. There, yep. There we go. <laughs> uh, all right. So we, we've determined that they are they're about to be uh, one of the two, either inducted or sacrificed by the cult. Um, I mean, do is it time for them to leave or do you think there there is a there is a way for them to come out on top of this? Uh, again, if I'm a child of the 80s, there's a way for them to come out on top of this, but it involves, like, a lot of gunplay and explosions and the building burning down. Right. 
And which and, and I mean to be honest, that sounds like a lot of work. I like it sounds exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> and really, who are they hurting? Like, you know, they're they're chewing through, you know, the the productive teams on the company. But in the grand scheme of things, if you leave the company, you're safe. So And Def, if you go in the hero direction, you're gonna end up with a mullet. <laughs> That's how these things go. <laughs> And I I feel like that's too great a risk. Just you'll not, start with like a cool high fade, or maybe like that side shave or something, and then you'll get to the end of it, and you'll be like, "It's is this a perm and a mullet?" <laughs> that's not what anybody wants. So do yourself a favor and leave before you're forced to get a mullet. Although I hear high-waisted jeans and, like, cut-off football jerseys are coming back into fashion, so. <laughs> Look, you need to stop following me around the office, Frank. I, I'm trying out some looks, and I'm not, I'm not looking for your goddamn criticism. <laughs> I, I'm not criticizing, Derek. The crop is a brave move. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have heard some rumblings that I should have tanned or... Otherwise, uh, seeing the sun before uh, exposing my midriff, but you know what? I'm, I gotta be me. That's one of those chicken and the egg things, Derek. I mean, how is your midriff <laughs> supposed to get any sun if you don't bear the midriff from time to time? That's just logic. See, I knew that I could count on you to have a, a solution to my problem. <laughs> That's what we do on this show. We, we give advice. Oh, God. Anyway, um, you want to get to another issue from the internet? Let's do. Okay, this issue is entitled, How Do I Get My Dog to Come at the Dog Park? By Idiot Simulator. Wait, wait. Yes, I, I, re I really wanted to, to correct <sighs> the title to How Do I Get My Dog to you know, Come to Me at the Dog Park? That's what they meant. But that's not what they said. Go on, but, Derek. Go on. This is becoming a huge burden on me and the people at the dog park as well. She is so fat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God damn it. I'm sorry. It doesn't get better. Like go it's, on. There, there's a lot of like like vagueness and ambiguousness uh until towards the end. Uh, she is so fast, and it is almost impossible to catch her. She makes other dog. She takes other doggies' toys and runs away with them, and she does not return them. Uh, I have to either chase her, catch her off guard, uh, get someone else to grab her, go on a short walk and come back, or get everyone in the dog park to go to the other side of the dog park and then trap her in the middle area. She does not respond to treats, even after I changed her food to Purina. Uh, savory chicken and rice from PetSmart store brand. I probably could have cut that part out because it doesn't necessarily seem pertinent. Uh, and only fed her twice a day for 15 minutes max. I've tried everything from high quality chicken jerky treats down to her favorite peanut butter. I used to go to the dog park every single day. Now I don't go as often. I, I think she needs to be disciplined and I am not sure how to do it. I really don't want to pay for a shock collar. Um... Is that is that the big problem with shock collars these days is the cost. <laughs> not not the animal cruelty part or suffering to animals, but uh the cost. My god. Uh, this is why my budget was rejected by management, I see. <laughs> um <laughs> So let's let's answer the question they meant to ask and not the one they actually asked. Because one of them is really gross. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking, Derek. I'm only thinking about how can we Caesar Milan this. Uh-huh. Go on. And I think this is a job for Jackson Galaxy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sure, but this is, this is a dog, though. I know, but think about how good of TV this is going to make. <laughs> Everybody knows that Jackson Galaxy can fix your cat problems, but can he fix your dog cum problems? 
<laughs> oh, oh, poor sweet Jackson Galaxy. I don't want to. I don't want to commit him to that. <laughs> okay, so how how on earth is Jackson Galaxy going to take all of his decades of cat experience to get this person's dog to? I don't even want to say it. How do you shit say in it? a box? Shit, yeah, shit in a box. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a dog person. This is this is outside. I'm like, yeah. It sounds like you got a dog. That's that's sad. I'm sorry about you and your dog that you got because <laughs> I just thought that's how dogs be. You know, now that you say that you say that, it does dawn on me that uh, you know you are not a dog person, so you don't really have a whole lot of area of expertise. Um, and I, I am a dog person, but I have always owned really poorly behaved dogs. So, so like, I have no, uh, cogent experience to, to offer somebody. Derek's only answer is be better than me. <laughs> don't, don't, okay. I will, I will describe the things that I do. And if you don't do some of those, maybe your dog won't turn out poorly disciplined. Do you feed your dog the Pet Mart brand dog food for more than 15 minutes per day? <laughs> you know, I, I, I've always had like dogs that we fed like, uh, you know, like a cup of food or something like that, like a, a, a preset amount of food. Uh, is this a thing that, that happens? They just like let the dogs go to town on the food trough for like a certain amount of time. Like, I don't know, Derek. I have cats. I don't have dogs. And and here's, here's my problem with that is that like there, there's a reason that I don't go to all you can eat buffets anymore because like letting Derek have 15 minutes of uninterrupted food time is, is nigh irresponsible. Wait, I agree Mm -hmm. with you, Derek. And I realize that I don't have dog experience that I can bring to bear. Uh-huh. But I do have management experience to bring to bear. <laughs> okay. And, and how can we help that? Like, I don't how can we know help yet, with that? Derek, I'm just saying. No, 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 no. I, 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 no. I think you're on the right track because the thing is, is that they have tried to lure this dog with food. And clearly food is not a strong motivator. And, and, and part of management and part of being an effective leader it's finding out what motivates people to be their best and to do what you ask them to do. All right. So what I'm thinking is before we go to the dog park, first thing, we have a 15 minute stand up where we can uh-huh. set expectations with Muffy. Absolutely. <laughs> she, she, you know, Muffy will tell you, uh, you know, what she did yesterday, uh, what she's going to do today. Eat it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it it is. It What's is the last question, rare. Derek? No, no. What what is what is preventing me from doing my? That you put it in a bag like some sort of monster. Oh God! Oh, that's so gross, Frank. It is so rare for a dog to eat its own poop. It is it is not infrequent for them to eat other dogs' poop, which is also really gross and. When I say that out loud, I I see why there are some arguments for maybe cats are superior to dogs because I've never heard of a cat eating another cat's shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, I can yeah, Derek. This is. Do you know, Frank? Do you know what one of the grossest, one of the grossest moments of like owning a dog or being around a dog is, is when you have a dog come up to you and excitedly. Start licking you and you know getting you know licking your face, and then the the owner of the dog tells a, a story about how they ate some other dog's shit in the recent past. That that is, there are some decisions that have to be made, like how big of a deal do you make it? Like how quickly do you run to the bathroom and like, you know, pour an entire bottle of antibacterial hand sanitizer on your face like it's it's real it's a really bad scene like <sighs> it, it God, makes it dear. really hard to continue the dinner party when that's the only thing you're thinking about is that you were just licked by 
<laughs> by a shit-eating dog. <laughs> and yet you still have dog, Derek. I have a dog. You you see that I I specifically have a dog. And and there are some other concerns, like our dog is old and we don't want to get it a puppy to, to possibly make it uncomfortable. But the thing is, a not insignificant part of the reason we don't have a second dog is because I can't have a shit-eating dog. Like uh, chain of custody <laughs> concerns for I the can't. evidence. <laughs> you don't you can't break the chain of custody in these things. And and sometimes I'm busy and I don't have time to keep up with the chain of custody. <laughs> and the danger is too great. Like just once and it's all over. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> So after daily stand up, we're gonna have to have. I'm I'm thinking we're gonna have to have sprint planning. Uh huh. <laughs> which for dogs is where you plan out where they run back and forth very quickly. Right. <laughs> okay. So so we we've got sprint planning. Um, we have sprint review, and that's where you tell them that they're a good boy because they ran back and forth very quickly. Uh, I mean, don't forget about, about backlog refinement because people get really mad at the dog park. If you don't keep up with your backlog refinement, it's <laughs> a little plastic baggies and trash cans are for, <laughs> I mean, I thought we discussed this one earlier, Derek. It was part of the daily standup. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. Then we have a status meeting with all the other stakeholders at the dog park. Uh-huh. Which are the other dogs and the dog owners. We get them all together. We put them in a room. There will be a PowerPoint presentation. And I think the end <laughs> which result... Will be, which will be very difficult to, uh, to get through because the laser pointers are driving all the dogs completely batshit insane. Does that work for dogs, too? I know not, it works for cats. It's not as dependable... But there are many dogs that are that are quite interested in the laser pointer. Are they all cats? Very dog-like cats, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it can be confusing when you get one of those Maine Coons. They are, they are enormous fucking cats, aren't they? They are. Like, like I, I always want to, like, I want to be in the presence of one, just so I can kind of see, like, okay... You know, they show a kid, like, completely being dwarfed by a Maine Coon cat. But uh, maybe that's a tiny kid. Like, <laughs> there's no, I don't see any bananas in the picture for scale. Like, I need to see this in person to see um, how threatened I should be <laughs> from one of these cats. It's I mean, important. They, they, you have to keep cats a, a certain percentage smaller than you, Derek, because I, I love cats. I have cats. They will kill you. If they had the chance, I, just, I was it's, not say, a, it's nothing personal. No. And the only reason they haven't so far is because they, they lack the, the physical size or, you know, ability, um, to kill you and consume you. Or yeah, I know for a fact that my cat is watching me while I sleep going, if only I could figure out how to put enough pressure on the pillow. <laughs> That's why, uh, your, your cats keep like recruiting other cats because, I mean, so far, you know, they've tried, you know, one through four cats on the pillow and it's still, still just not enough. Like nope. they need to recruit like a big, either a, a big cat or, uh, maybe, maybe branch out a little bit and befriend, uh, a big dog to sit on the pillow. This is why I don't have a big dog, Derek. Dogs are dumb. <laughs> dogs are easy to recruit into your plan. They're, they're pliable. Yeah. Yeah. Except for except for this one, like that's the thing. Like y you got to figure out what <laughs> what motivates the dog, um, and maybe if they f if your cats find a dog that is motivated by feline companionship, they can just convince him to choke you out. <laughs> well, it seems like as as we said before, you've got to find the appropriate motivation. And this person has focused almost entirely on finding food-based motivators. Mhm. Mm 
And, and that's not working. So I think they need to find some sort of other motivational avenue to go down. Uh, I, I mean, does the dog, would it respond well to a foosball table? Possibly. It could, but, you know, crass displays like that are, are really becoming less and less effective at worker engagement. Okay. And and if you don't have sort of your if you don't have your baseline concerns taken care of, it's difficult to utilize those other motivational tools. So I think we really need to sit down and we need to have a conversation with the dog and make okay. sure that the dog's salary is appropriate for the dog's <laughs> skills. Okay, so you need to have uh, 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 some some form of like semi regular, you know, uh, employee review uh, or or teammate review to 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 check up and and get a pulse on how the dog's feeling about its salary, its role, um, its its career path. Yeah, I mean, if the dog feels like it doesn't necessarily have much in the way of upward mobility, I mean, eventually. <laughs> Eventually, the dog wants to be where you're at right now. <laughs> the dog wants to to itself own a dog, <laughs> and and lead lead the dogs around and tell them what to do. But uh, but it needs to it needs to see a path from where it is now to where it wants to be, and you just have to figure out how to make that happen. And the good news is that once Muffy has taken your position and you've moved upward in the organization, you don't have to worry about it. And you get that good, good schadenfreude when Muffy is chasing Roy and Biscuits around the dog park, screaming, no, don't eat, no, God, don't, don't eat that. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Want to punch the clock, Derek? All right, before we go, send us your questions. We need them, and and frankly, we love them. Don't we, Frank? Do you love the questions that we get? I love the questions we get. Not just love the questions. I love, love the questions we get. I have a deep emotional connection to each and every question that we get. So if you want uh, Frank to, to think those those hideous, horrible thoughts about your questions then you should send them to questions at WLICast.com. I cannot promise that I will have those thoughts about your questions, but um, but Frank's ready, and he's always got room in those big hug- hugging arms to hold your questions. Also, uh, check out... Mon petit WLI- Sherry, allow me to think <laughs> of you with a more. Oh, God. Uh... <laughs> I didn't know this was turning into a horror podcast. Uh, check out WLICast.com where you will find links to our social media, Patreon, merch store, and other cool miscellany. Thank you to our wonderful patrons on Patreon, including our newest patron, Thomas Nelson. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, you, you are our newest patron. and uh, I love, love Thomas Nelson. <laughs> yes, there we go. I was waiting. <laughs> I alley-ooped it and just was hoping that you'd come behind and dunk. Good job. Thanks. And I have lessened it by by talking about it. You can't point it out, Derek. Then it's, then it's sort of, instead of just that uh, video where I flip the water bottle and it lands perfectly, it's the 7,000 takes that I didn't land it. Yep. Yep. It kind of, it, it takes the shine off a little bit and... And I'm sorry, Thomas. I <laughs> I'll clip out that that part uh, that Frank just said, and and we'll turn it into a ringtone for you. How about that? Uh, to our listeners who aren't supporting us on Patreon, consider doing so. Uh, you'll help us make the show better, and you can also get some some on air shout outs, swag bags, and t shirts. Uh, you can check it out at patreon.com forward slash wlicast. I cannot promise that Frank will say that he loves love loves every single one of you. Um, he has a very short list of, of things that he can love, love. So can't guarantee it. That's why it's not on the Patreon tiers. <laughs> it's not on the Patreon tiers yet, but I'm, I'm doing some, you know, work on myself, Derek, uh, moving through therapy. It's, it's a process. It's not a destination, but I think I'm almost there where, 
I can I can use the L word. <laughs> you just well, what you just used love like four t- four or five times in the past ten minutes. Like what Yeah, but I, I didn't mean it any of those times, Dave. <laughs> There's a wall uh, there, Derek. I'm emotionally closed off. Just continue. And once again I have I have cheapened the wonderful things on this podcast. Uh, and and please do us a solid and tell someone you know about the show. Getting more listeners and growing our audience will only mean good things for the show. So do your part and spread the word. This has been the Work Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you to the dog park. Wait, no, that's Welcome to Night Vale. It's a much more popular podcast. <laughs> I mean, if you want to pretend that we're Night Vale, I mean, that's fine. I'm not nearly as creative or funny as those people. I can be weird sometimes. Is that, is that some criteria? It's part of the criteria. They've also got talent, and that's... Uh, I don't have time for that. I know. Me either. Me <laughs> either.